I'm happy that all of you are here. And this is to begin a new season for the center. You know, having everyone's had summer and now we're moving into autumn and fall and and it's exciting. I, I like to to start it off because with all the people going back to school, I think it's really important that what we're really doing here is we're really learning how to do this thing called life and that it's a learning process that we're seeking whether we call it pursuing excellence and wisdom with grace and ease that's how I that's the game I'm playing but it's just this idea of how do we how do we um, learn how to be in a way where we're always um, getting wiser we're learning from our experience so recently in August, Narayan and I and, and Alexis, we taught a retreat at IMS, a seven-day retreat. And the title of the retreat is, Your Life is Your Practice. And I think that that's very important. And so my concept of meditation is more expansive. It's not just when you're sitting and being in silence, but it's 24-7 uh, from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, we could be practicing. And it's interesting because... I came up with the title of tonight's talk is because it's more about being than having or, and doing. And being awareness of, of being, of our being, is really important. And I'll share why, why that is in, in a moment. But it's just really understanding that when we are on a retreat, it's interesting that a lot of people, like even here, you know, you, how many people are new? Let me ask that. Okay, great. So you have, okay, so welcome. So... Traditionally, what, what happens is we get very attached to the sitting. And when people ask you about your meditation practice, and my intention is to speak for 20 minutes and then have a lot of Q&A. So when people ask you, how, you know, about your meditation practice, they're really talking about sitting in silence. You know, well, I practice 15 minutes, 20 minutes, or whatever. And so when, when you do a retreat, you tend to alternate sitting and walking, and then you you do other activities like you might have a yogi job and you, you know we might have a talk but most of the day is sitting and walking and so what I suggested to folks was that there's a lot of opportunity between the time that you get off your cushion and you go to your walking spot now it's interesting because when you're on retreat everybody has their walking spot or a spot they like to go to and so there's 99 other yogi 98 other yogis so you kind of rush you want to get there Right, and make sure you have your spot. Not that we have attachments on retreat or anything, but <laughs> but you want to run to your spots. And so I suggested. I said, how about using this, the time or the distance between getting up here and going to your walking space, so that you're practicing that whole time, so you don't go from here to there. And if I ask you, well, what did you see on the way to your walking spot? Oh, I didn't see anything. I wasn't aware of anything. I was just going going somewhere so does that sound like our life we're always going someplace and going in a hurry and we're not really stopping to smell of roses or the gasoline or wherever we happen to be uh, we don't really do that and so I, I think it's really important to understand awareness of being is just that it's awareness of how we're being and one of the things one of the takeaways I hope that you have after tonight is this idea that you're practicing all the time, even if you only have a, a rough idea of, of what mind state you're operating in or how you are being from moment to moment. And it's interesting because we all, if you talk to people, 
you, they'll say, when you talk about being, what does being mean? What does it mean to be? Because we're so busy doing. So I would say you can know how you are being by an uncritical observation of your reactions to life. So, you know, I might say, oh, I'm, I'm really, I'm a loving person, or I'm very uh, patient. And then I'm in my car, and somebody's in front of me, and they're on their cell phone, and they won't move when the light turns green. And I'm, I'm having a problem with that. <laughs> and so I think I'm this nice person, but my being is telling me that there's no patience there be judgmental but I'm not so kind in that moment but do I really recognize that because a lot of us what we do is we say that we're a certain way or we say we're a kind person we're this we're that but if you look at our reactions to life our reactions may not bear that out and so a big part of this practice is really get intimate with who we say we are or how we are being from moment to moment because it's not like we're this static thing things are changing Things are changing at a, at a rapid rate, rate right now. And Thomas Friedman has a book called uh, Thanks for Being Late, uh, An Optimist's Guide to Thriving and Accelerated Change or something like that. But basically what he's saying is because of globalization, climate change, and te technology, that things are moving so fast that even some of these, uh, like I think it's the, uh, um, the uh, Intel uh, you, uh, chip or whatever, it, it doubles its capacity every two years. And so one platform might last five years, but he says it takes people maybe 10 years to change because we're really resistant to change. I don't know if you noticed that. We're attached to, to, um, to, to uh, permanence. And so the idea is that the only way we're going to survive in this, in this um, accelerated change is each individual has to be able to stay connected to their humanness. And I think the good news is we start off with Buddha nature or, or masterpiece with that. And that one of the things we're doing around here is we're trying to practice in a way where we're being uh, more loving versus or being more generous versus being greedy. We're being more uh, loving rather than being uh, uh, more, you know, ill will or, or hatred. I don't know if you noticed, there's a lot of hatred out there right now. But there's always hate out there. It's just that it's being expressed now, and it's given permission to be expressed. And so we have to understand that, that we may not be able to deal with the hate out there, but we have to be able to deal with the hate within ourselves, and that by doing that, that's what helps us. So part of the process is just being able to create this space or come from what I call the eye of the hurricane so that we're able to observe our experience in a way where we're not judging, it's uncritical. We just notice, okay, wow, that was interesting how I reacted to that, or that's interesting how I was maybe even more loving than I thought I was going to be. So it's disability. We call it mindfulness around here, you know, being mindful of our body. And what I love about the body and is that it's always here, like the breath, and that, that there's a way of observing our reactions to life. And then when we see our reaction to life, if my, if my goal is to be more kind or more patient when I'm behind the wheel of my car and I see myself react, then I have to ask myself, well, how am I being? So what kind of thoughts am I entertaining? What's my mindset? You know, do I have on 
the I'm in a hurry, get out of my way glasses or mindset? Or do I have this thing like, okay, you know, I'm in a hurry and I can have a little bit more patience and if, patience, and if I want to be more patient, then I have to understand that I may have to really alter how I'm seeing things, change my mindset, change my thoughts, because the percept from the view that I'm coming from, uh, it's not ca I'm not capable of being other than what I'm doing because the being is telling me how I am seeing things, how my internal life is. And we don't focus on the inner. We focus out here. So there's a belief system, there's thoughts, there's ways of being that are being played out like an automatic pilot. And that the way that we, so we have to start from where we are. We have to start with what our reactions are. And then once we see those reactions, then we have the opportunity to change those reactions. And it's interesting because the way, if I talk about that experience of driving here, and I'll tell you, when I got here, I was very uptight when I got here because rush hour traffic, and I wanted to be here on time, and I was already late, depending on the time that I was going to be here. So I was sitting back, and I was kind of chomping at the bit, biting my tongue, not giving anybody any sign language or saying anything. But when I got here, my body was like, was like this. And it's interesting because I've been practicing this. So why is this important? Because even though I saw things and I saw my reactions, my reactions weren't actually uh, action-wise. Action -wise. In, in other words, not in deeds. I wasn't doing anything or saying anything. But inside, I could see what I call, I refer to it as a negative committee sometimes, it has an opinion about what other people are doing, what I'm doing, and whatever. So just this ability to just be in my body and just notice my reactions without identifying with it, without judging it. And the way that helps, what helps me to do that is what? What helps me to do that is to feel it in my body and to not get into the story about it. Because a lot of times we have these emotions where we say, oh, I'm feeling anger, or I'm feeling this or that. And it's not so much that we're feeling it, it's, it's being aware that there's something going on, there's some reactivity. And really all we have to do is notice whether it's internal or external, what's the relationship, positive or negative, whether we're reacting with kindness or we're re or, or we reacting or responding with kindness, I would say, or reacting with, with you know, I don't know, just... Uh, aversion or just aggression, whatever it is. And so I noticed that, that I was able to just see myself, see my mind wanting to push the other person or say, come on, dude, what you waiting for? You know, stuff like that. Or it could be a female and I'm saying, come on, lady, come on, I got to go. I got places to go. So just being able to be in the body and notice all of that without creating any activity, but also saying, okay, George, you know, how, how you are being unkind or you're being impatient, so what's up with that? So why am I being impatient? Why am I in a hurry? And can I hold that and say, okay, that's something that I can work on, but my goal is to get to CIMC, right? So all I got to do is forget about being late or anything, just keep coming here, just, just stay on track get back on track and just focus on getting here in one piece and not getting here where I'm so uptight 
that, you know, I need to meditate. It's like, it's interesting. I'm going to run and get uptight to go someplace where I can work on being uptight. That, that's the craziness of this. So we've got we to gotta watch this. So this idea is just really simple, but it's challenging. Why is it challenging? Because it's saying I'm responsible for what, I, what, what is presented before me. You meet what you mirror. So what I'm meeting or me reacting to someone in a way, that's, that's telling me that I, I can, if I don't identify with it, and I just notice that it happens, you know, mindfully just noticing, oh, that's interesting. This is what's happening. That's not who I want to be. So now I have to go back and change my thoughts, change the way I'm seeing things. I have to do something internally, maybe change my belief system and say it's okay to be late. Or it's okay. It's going to, that things are, traffic is the way it is. It's traffic, dude. And it's Cambridge. So why am I expecting it not to be what it is? So I can step back and say, okay, I'm going to be late and just chill and just, just go with it. So that's just one experience. So this idea of awareness of being is how are we being in this moment? Even now when you're listening to me, are you listening to me with yabat? Or are you really listening and hearing and say, oh, that's interesting. How much openness is there? Or say, dude, I want to talk about something else or you know, I could be doing something else, and I'm here. And so all of these thoughts are going through our mind. As a matter of fact, some of the thoughts that are going through our mind, we'd be ashamed for people to know <laughs> what is going on in there. And so we got to be aware of that, those conversations as well, and they're going to be automatic, without a permission. It happens, and it has no shame, none. It'll just say things. And so if we start identifying with that, say, oh, I'm really a bad person. If they really knew what I really thought, they wouldn't even allow me in this place. But the fact is, we all have those thoughts. It's whether we are able to notice, create space between stimulus and response, and that's what the practice does, so that we can just see it uncritically and we can have some compassion and say, okay, if, I, if my mind is like your mind, I would, and see what you see, I would do exactly what you're doing. This is not personal. It's just the way the mind and body works. So we start to understand how the mind works, how these thoughts create things. So each thought we have is either making an investment or it's, or it's, it's just spending money, wasting. So I could have spent all my time driving here complaining about the person in front of me that slowed me down, making me late, when in actuality I could have left 15 minutes early. Truth be told, right? But, but I'm looking at it that way. So instead of using all that energy and wasting time focusing on what's not happening, all I got to do is focus on staying on, on track. Just staying in my body and say, okay, just breathe through it and then just move, keep coming, and then I get here. I got here safely. So now it's like, so now I'm talking about it because we're talking about but I let that go. Because I don't need to carry that into this. I don't know about you all. There's enough other stuff for me to worry about. I don't have to worry about what just happened. Because the only time I have is now. So how am I being now? Am I being present now? Am I able to notice my reactions, my responses, how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, or whether I'm paying attention or I'm worrying about what needs to happen later? Because like most of you, I have, you know, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. I'm that busy person. 
So I, I have to leave tomorrow morning at 6.50. I'm not even ready, not even packed. None of that stuff. And in the past, I'd be worried about that, and, and you all would not be getting a, uh, a person that was present here. I'd be back home trying to figure out how I'm going to pack or, or what time I have to get to the airport tomorrow. All of this stuff. And the practice gives us that space and allows us to let that be and say, it's going to be okay. I'll deal with that later. But right now, I just have to be here and just be fully present. And then I can ask myself questions like, okay, who am I being? And my reactions to life will tell me that. But then the other question is, who do I want to be? Where do I want to go? What's my intention? Why am I here? So these are really, really important questions, and this is how we can practice moment to moment by saying, okay, what mind state am I observing things through? And you could tell because your reactions will tell you, okay? There's some anxiety, there's some impatience, there's some patience, there's some uh, compassion. There's mindfulness present that just notices things. Oh, it's interesting. I usually react to things, but there's some space there where I can actually see and decide, no, I don't need to do that. I don't need to give anybody the bird. They cut, you know, they didn't cut me off. They just cut in front of the car. Got nothing to do with me. And so I decided to let somebody in. I talked about this one time. I always, that's where my enlightenment's going to happen in my car. Um, <laughs> I, was, I remember one time I was coming here, and I'm driving, and, this, um, and you know how people are waiting to get in? And so I let somebody in, and I didn't know it, but my reaction was, they didn't even say thank you. They just looked at me like, what took you so long? <laughs> and, and I could hear myself saying, knucklehead. You know, and then I said, oh, so interesting. So I had a, I had, I had a condition there. I'll let you in, but you got to notice me and say, thank you. And that person's going on, and they're not even thinking about me. They don't even know I exist. But see, this is what we, we have. We have these interactions, and then we pull them in, and we, and we make something out of them, and we have a story about something. So if something happens, and we're not able to just notice, oh, something happened, and I can interpret what that means. And so this idea of just thinking about the idea that this awareness of being is just how, just being in our body, just noticing things in a way where we're creating space between stimulus and response. And when we don't have space and we're doing reaction and it's not skillful, it's not leading to peace, it's creating more stress or anxiety, or it's not who we want to be, then we can always go back and reflect, okay, so how do I have to be in order to do what I say I want to do. So what's the thoughts that are consistent with me being who I want to be? And then once again, for me, it's like we have this masterpiece inside. We have Buddha nature, Christ consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And so it's to be inside and to think about, okay, how do I want to be? So we can reflect on things before we do them, while we're doing them, and after we do them, and, and see you know, when I do this, oh, this is what happens. When I do that, that's what happens. And then who do I want to be? And then now I can start to think about how I want to think, what thoughts I need to have, and how I need to see myself. But identifying with my aim, 
my intention of getting here, I can let go of a person that I may be perceiving as distracting me or, or slowing me down and just focus on, oh, I'm just driving the CIMC. That's it. I don't have to do any more than that. So it's a very simple formula. It's self-observation or self-awareness or, or mindfulness of how we're being, our thought process, our mind states, our feelings, the tension in the body or, or what we're doing, and are we in the present? Are we doing what we say we want to do or are we lost in thought or are we doing what somebody else wants us to do? Because the ultimate question is who, who, do, who, who are we? Can we allow our masterpiece to express itself and share it with other people rather than doing what other people want us to do or whatever and then just focusing out there so much that we're not, we're not here. We're not in here and recognizing because the heart will tell us when we train the heart here the thought, when it's trained, it will tell you what's going on. It will tell you when we're on the beam, when we're off the beam, when we're not being who we say we want to be. And so we have this ability to just step back and just observe and say, okay, how am I being? But that's, that's a challenging thing because it's a challenge to look at our stuff and to see how we're being in ways that are counter to who we think we are. But then we can develop integrity when we can actually say, Okay, I'm a kind person. Then my reaction in a situation that happened I was kindness. Then I say, okay, so I'm on the beam. That works. So what are those thoughts? What are those beliefs? What are those habits that I need to develop that allows me to be more loving? So we talk about love, right? Let's just talk about love real quick. So love is not something... That uh, it, it's, 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 in other words, if you want love, you got to be love. That's my experience. The more I am loving, the more love I experience. Same with happiness. You can't pursue happiness. Happiness cannot be pursued. It ensues. So if we do things that, that make us happy, then that's different than seeking happiness. It happens as a byproduct of just being present just being um, more compassionate, more loving, understanding what we think about and how those things or those objects we focus on helps us to be happy. And, you know, and, and I'll close by just sharing um, a reading, but it's interesting because as a culture, we are very good with pathology. We know all the whys for how things don't work. We don't focus so much on what's right. We focus on, we can tell you, you can analyze yourself how you, how, you know, it could be a parent, it could be this one or that one that, that has something, but we're really good at analyzing ourselves and saying what's wrong. We're not very, very skillful at just letting that be and focusing on what we want. So the Buddha, his short teaching is do good, avoid evil, and purify the mind and heart. So to do good, okay, we talk about that, you know, be loving, be compassionate, have a mind non with non-greed, a mind with non-hatred, a mind with non-delusion, but with wisdom, with loving kindness, with generosity, compassion, expressing or practicing renunciation, letting go of things, right? So I'm going to read this. It's called Renunciation. It says, resist not evil. There is a great difference between resisting evil and renouncing it. When you resist evil, you give attention. You continue to make it real. 
When you renounce evil, you take your attention from it and give your attention to what you want. Now is the time to control your imagination and give beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. So I apologize for folks that don't like words like Lord and God and all that stuff. Um, you give beauty for ashes when you concentrate your attention on, attention on things as you would like them to be rather than as they are. You give joy for mourning when you maintain a joyous attitude regardless of unfavorable circumstances. You give praise for the spirit of heaviness when you maintain a confident attitude instead of succumbing, succumbing to despondency. And so that's how we resist things. So we make investments when we focus on what we want, what we want to accomplish, what, what good we can do, rather than focusing on what we don't want. Now, I'm not saying denial here or repressing or suppressing. I'm not saying that. I'm saying things happen, then we, we, we have awareness, we accept it's there, and then compassionate action. And compassionate action is to focus on what we want. So if you're not being who you want to be, then focus on being who you want to be. Because there's a book called The Strangest Secret. Do you all know what The Strangest Secret is? We become what we think about all day long. So if you're not aware of your thoughts, you ain't doing you. Your thoughts are doing you. They're doing us. So thoughts are either making things better or worse. They have thoughts of things. So one of the things we can do is be aware of what our thoughts are and that we have the power to change those thoughts, to focus on what's right. It's a simple practice, but it's challenging because because we have a lot of identification with stuff. You know, I'm the kind of person. You know, this is who I am. Well, good luck with that. That's who you've been up to now, but you don't have to keep being that person unless you want to keep being that person. And so this is, this is what we, we are wired for, to be able to transform. We're wired to be able to change our thoughts and to give beauty for ashes. And so... I'll open it up for discussion, but, but in summary, it's just this real simple practice of observing our reactions to life and then realizing, getting clear about who we want to be or what we're doing, and then getting back on track and doing what we say we want to do, be who we want to be, go where we want to go. Because if you don't know where you're going, you can end up going anywhere, and if you don't know who you are, you can end up being anybody. So I'll end it with that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.